line them up. Them beans. Them beans are ready. Them beans are ready. Are you ready for the beans? Because the beans are here now on Soccer Rangers in space where we are on the bean planet today. Lots of beans. All the beans everywhere. This is literally the worst place we've ever been. <laughs> oh, man, but I love beans. Beans are delicious. You got green beans. You got refried beans. You got pork beans. You got molasses coffee beans, beans. Coffee beans. Coffee beans. See? Every kind of bean you want. We're on that planet. Planet bean. Bean planet. Here this is going to be the stinkiest flight out of here ever. Yeah, if you eat those beans, sure. Yeah. yeah. Why did we let him out of the escape pod? Yeah, I broke that. So you know, it was this or let him fly into the sun. It's as 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 they're saying, as referring to who is the that is me, Tyler, the Red Ranger, and to my left, I'm not the Red Ranger. I'm the Black Ranger. <laughs> I was like, whoa! <laughs> what am I saying? I was I'm looking at the Red Ranger when hey, I said it. Back so into that thinking, escape pod. We're sending you to the side. Mutiny, mutiny is what it is. I'm the Red Ranger now. No, <laughs> I'm the Black Ranger. Who says that? And the one who is the true Red Ranger is next, right next to me here. Who is Robert? A.K.A. the Red Ranger, A.K.A. the guy who might be having a word with you after class. <laughs> I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger, and apparently not in trouble. For I'm once, in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we did not play that, and I am back from a long, long time being gone. I am, Aketa, I am the White Ranger. I haven't seen you since the days of trivia. <laughs> oh yeah, trivia day. That was mm -hmm. that was the last time I was you on. Been, you've missed how many seasons? Trivia. I don't know. I don't know how we got here. Yeah, <laughs> just don't yeah. don't ask questions, okay? Cryogenically yeah, frozen. She yeah, she, she just walked out of the storage bay for some reason. She's like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> it was a long nap. Leave me alone. <laughs> So that was that was supposed to be there our food supply. So mm -hmm. she's not our food supply, Cole. Come on. No, but now. what she crawled out of was supposed to be food. Oh. Hey, you What'd took you it crawl out of Cole. I crawled out of bed. That's what as I did. as is this podcast's goal is that to was. talk about conventions. They're starting up again, and we're actually <laughs> going to talk about some crazy. Oh. Huh? What a crazy concept. We've gone full circle, guys. That's it. We've talked about everything. Now we're talking about cons again. And the most recent one that has just happened. And For we're at least us. For you guys. Ah, there's yeah. other ones that happened, but we're not there. <laughs> and we, yeah. we, uh, if I didn't see it, then it didn't happen. That's what <laughs> yep. I say about many things. It's my logic. How about yep. you? Don't care. Let's go. Okay. Away! Rob, you went for one day. Yes, I did. I technically went for all four days. <laughs> I was I only there none. an hour on Thursday, but I was there. <laughs> is that so, even a day? So, or, or is that a day zero? Is the no, no, that's, that's actually a day. day. No. Yeah. So it's like pre-reg day on uh, Wednesday? Uh, there is no pre-reg day. Oh, there's no pre-reg day. Yeah, uh, not a registration. A oh, yeah. Yes, uh, I guess. Yeah, that's the best way of doing it is like you, you. Well, God, I'm trying to remember if I picked up badges on other Comic Cons I've been to. So for uh, we're talking about Emerald City Comic Con. We haven't actually mentioned that. I did. Oh. I said I did. Oh, I said okay. there, didn't I? Unless I just said E-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C. -C 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 -C. <laughs> um, so Emerald City will 
mails badges to all of oh. the people who pre-reg. Unless you have like your international or for some reason your badge didn't show up, then you can go to will call and pick up yeah. your badge. Um, but for most part, they're mailed to you, so you don't have to stand in line to pick up your badge. Oh, yes, walk right in the front door. Crazy. Well, Crazy not, not, twice. not this <laughs> about time. About that this year. Yes, yes. Let's let's talk about the white glove treatment that got added cool. this year. Oh, okay. yeah. This year they implemented some serious security measures, mm. and I never went before ten o'clock because for me it's pointless to go before ten o'clock. So I don't know what the before ten a.m. lines were like. 10 a.m. being when the show floor opens. Um, but supposedly they were funneling every single attendee through one door and one set of metal detectors and bag checks. I actually can verify this here because I was talking to somebody who was running the security lines and yeah, yeah. everything mm -hmm. got dropped in through the shuttle entrance and um, yeah. Yeah. That was supposed to be fun. <laughs> I... One, because I had a speaker badge, and two, because I have a medical note that says I can't stand for more than an hour, got an ADA band, so I got to skip those lines, even if they existed. And go I in through, hate you. <laughs> go in through the ADA uh, entrance, and or speaker badge got me in through entrances when they were uh, redirecting crowds to other entrances. So I got to avoid most of the lines. Um, Cheater. <laughs> it's not cheating. I legitimately have a medical reason why I can't stand in lines. I have oh, a no. very bad knee. I am in physical therapy for it. Oh, I know. I'm still going to call you a cheater. <laughs> it's not a cheater if the system's set up for people like. There we go. Exactly. There it's we not go. Not a cheater if the go. system's broken. Fight the system. <laughs> yeah. No. So... No. No. Well, okay. It's it's not really cheating. It's called. Oh, I don't care anymore. You, you stop. McKenna, go on. It's called the America uh, American Disability Act, which allows certain concessions to be made for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, like, not if you can't walk long distances, we will open a door for you so you don't have to walk long distances. Nice. Yeah. So wheelchairs are, too, are cool too. Yeah. Oh, so, wheelchair cosplay. We could do it. Wheelchair cosplay. <laughs> How many of there are? Uh, all I can think of is the one from... Um, come on, Let's Brain. Say, okay, so while Tyler is thinking, I have done a little bit of work with... Uh, uh, magic Wheels or something like that. They're a group that builds costumes around wheelchairs for kids in wheelchairs. Hmm. I've, I've seen them it, make yeah. a yeah. uh, green. No, hold on, hold on. What the hell was that? Phone call. Sorry. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh -huh. a, Once again, it's. I've cold. seen them build a, a power bike for a Green Arrow. I've mm -hmm. seen various other things. As for cosplays in wheelchairs, there's um, what's his name from Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. There's Little Mermaid is a common one mm -hmm. to be done. I, I with remember the tail. The I remember the one I was thinking. You remember of. Tyler? It was uh, the uh, character in Guilty Crown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Professor <laughs> X from X Men. Yeah. Uh, so there are plenty of cosplays that you could do in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. 
I just applaud to oh, any I've sort seen of creativity. Built that, so. around chairs, I've seen so. Well, that's a tangent, any number though. of things. Yeah. Any car cosplays too, really? Mm-hmm. Initial D, do that. Put initial D around there and drive around that. Oh, deja vu. Okay. Running in the nineties. Emerald City Comic Con. Um, I pretty much stuck to the convention center, so I never went over to the hotel where they had main events and then the photo ops and uh, autographs, mostly because it was like a two-block walk from the convention center. And I was tired the entire weekend. <laughs> and then had to go back on back to work on Monday because my schedule changed. Um, so I didn't have a day of rest after con. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con as <clears throat> closes at like seven o'clock, so that it's not an all the whole. It's not a overnight con, so you can get rest and what have you, because it's a more adult audience than say Sakura Con, which mm-hmm. is an anime con and thus has a younger audience in general. Yeah, generally um, speaking, yeah. 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 That yeah. said, I did spend five hundred dollars in art, <laughs> mostly in Artist Alley. I got Ooh. a lot, a lot of Captain Marvel art. Oh. Ooh. Um, so. I'm just going to use that as our segue thing. point for later. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Put a pin in that one. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then the panel that I was on went well. And we had a large number of people who stuck around for the entire hour, mm-hmm. which was surprising because we were one of the last panels of the day. When your panel starts at like six thirty, for a con that ends at like seven, <laughs> yeah, mm. you don't generally have a lot of people sticking around. What late? What panel was that? So uh, me and Amanda ran co- Crossplay One Hundred and One, which oh. is an introduction—the bare minimum of what crossplay is and how to do it safely number one yeah, i was going i was going to say um <laughs> in in the people who attend the panel um because we have been doing it for 10 plus years we have done all the we have made all the mistakes so that the people do not have to is um, it is it more dangerous for a woman than it is for a man uh no no <laughs> just because so our number one rule is do not use adhesives not meant for skin on your skin well, that can be said about anything, really. Yeah, that, that can be said about, be said about cosplay. cosplay in wait, general. wait, are you, are you saying that my Christie's red hot uh, blue glue should not be applied directly to my forehead? It should not, unless you're applying the can to your forehead. <laughs> do not use that glue on your skin. Um, but yeah, so use your spirit gum or prosade for appliances or uh, to apply beards. But do not use duct tape to bind or to tuck. Mm. <laughs> that that does happen and please please do not think of about how sensitive that skin is and whether Ooh. you want duct tape fused to Ooh. it i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut on prior that sounds like a nice thursday night <laughs> <laughs> maybe that gets you off i don't know yeah but if you're wearing it for 8 10 12 hours because of cosplay at a convention it will do permanent damage to your body mm. and so we primarily pre- pe- preach the safety side of crossplay at in that one hour there's not a whole lot we can cover in an hour 
but we try to cover the basic of everything. Mm-hmm. This is where you and have like, like well, a this is the our third year running at it at Emerald City, so you gotta have it's, like a uh, a cosplay one oh one or like cross dressing one oh one or cross play one oh one and then you gotta have cross play what would be two oh one is the next one? Yeah. Reasonably. And that's definitely more adult content. Um like we we would have gone into detail, but we had like small children in our audience. <laughs> An exhibit <laughs> A. I, just a like, giant so I, went, penis. I went very broad on how to tuck. <laughs> oh man. Uh broad terms, very generic. Whereas in crossplay two oh one, uh it's very much a more hands-on examples given shown. Sounds like a uh, university no, class. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have your credit for your co- for uh, crossplay one hundred and one? Because you can't grab your partner. Practice on your partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it went well. That was Friday night, and then I cosplayed Saturday, and I did not cosplay Sunday. I brought Roxy to con and had an adventure with Roxy. Oh yeah, I saw the yes. most pictures from that day. Is everyone was happy to have a? There's a lot of dinosaur themed cosplays that that matched in with too. Oddly, uh, there just happened to be, and I found out on my way to the convention that there was going to be a Jurassic Park World meetup at con. So I'm like, well, ain't that a thing? We're gonna go to that, get pictures yeah. of hmm. my yeah. Ser- serious note for everybody: If you're not already doing it, follow Roxy the Rex on Instagram. Yeah, Roxy the Rex on Instagram, and I just started a cosplay for myself Instagram because I realized how easy it is to ha- uh, manage Instagrams. So it's uh, Magic Time Studios at on Instagram as well. Yeah, links yeah. in yeah, the description. It's really easy on Instagram. You just have all the things. I just upload and say yeah. some things, and boom, it's there. Yep. Um. And Even I've started uploading Facebook things or any other <laughs> social media as well. Um, Rob, you went Sunday too. Is that the day you went? Uh, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Okay, how yeah, was that? No, that okay. So, uh, some people might remember that I said that I really have no intention of going back to Emerald City Comic Con. Not that it's a bad convention, but it's just never really been my scene or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this was definitely a bit of a different thing. And I think part of my problem is that I have not done Emerald City the way that I like to do a convention. I tried okay. doing it the way that so many other people do. Mm-hmm. And so how do you like to do a convention. What's your way to do a convention? Honestly, I am somebody that tends to go and leave things very fluid unless I am involved in uh, some sort of an event or unless I have like a very specific thing that I'm doing to watch with a friend or something really catches my eye. I just kind of let things go and just try to be as social as possible, either with people I know or finding people that seem to be like-minded to me, uh, whether it be love of a fandom, uh, interests, all that kind of stuff, which in a convention is not hard to go and find something like that. The whole point of a convention, really. Pretty much, but I know a lot of people that will just do nothing but spend time in the vendor's hall, or they'll go and look for... Uh, or say they'll uh, go and station everything they do around certain autograph sessions, which mm. you guys know I'm not really 
into that at all. Uh, ironically, I actually did pay for some autographs this year and ended up getting like three times as many autographs as what I paid for, which is weird. Oh, it's one of those fluid motions kind of things where you just it, it, have the right place, right time. Uh, pretty much, yeah, because I had completely missed that they were going to be, uh, and you know, feel free to go and mock me here, but I did not realize that there were going to be any Power Rangers at this thing, though they weren't officially guests of the convention. They were brought there by, I'm trying to remember what company it was that actually uh, paid to have them brought in. But uh, yeah, we had uh, Time Force Red, uh, Mighty Morphin, the second Black, Johnny Young Bosch, Mm. Uh, and uh, the second Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin, uh, Rocky, that were there. And uh, well, I should go and say our local convention as well. Yeah, yeah. Not the first time that I've seen her, seen them going and showing up to stuff. Just didn't even realize they were going to be there or anything like that. Otherwise, I would have brought my old helmet to have it signed or something like that. Uh, but yeah, just because they weren't in a regular autograph setting or anything, they were just in the vendors area and doing stuff. Uh, decided to go and approach, wanted to go and get some autographs, particularly from uh, Johnny Young Bosch. And God, I can never remember his name uh, that played Rocky. Uh, wanted autographs from them because I don't have anything that's, you know, got any sort of Power Rangers related uh, iconography that uh, Johnny has signed and never met Rocky before. Uh I'm just going to keep calling him that because I can't remember his yeah. name. And I'm sorry, bro. I'm Steve sorry. Carderas. Thank you. Oh, my God. I don't know why I have the hardest time with him. Uh, but, yeah, so I bought a print. Uh, Steve signed his. Uh, and it also had Johnny's picture on it, so I had him sign it as well. I'm going to take that one around and see if I can complete the set because it's all the char- or it's all the Rangers in their Minjetti outfits. Ooh. So I'm going to work on getting that all finished up for us. And... Because of the setting, I was actually able to have some decent length conversations with them. And I do want to say that the guy who plays uh, Wesley on Time Force and Johnny Young Bosch, I mean, I knew that Johnny was as good of a guy as you could meet in this industry. But I got to say, the two of them prove themselves to be even better than anything I've ever heard before. Because in particular, um, I had a different experience with both of them. Because with the guy that plays Wesley, uh, he you know, signed what uh, I had purchased. Because I got they, they had replicas of the Time Force badges. So, of course, I had to have one of those. So, I bought that, had him sign it. And he was like, like yeah, I got to be honest. You don't really look like a lot of the guys that come up here to go and get autographs. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> What does I, that mean, though? I actually kind of had to ask. It's just like, uh, are, are we talking about like the two guys that were in front of me in line that uh, might have been, you know, not quite all there? It's just like, no, I'm not used to seeing people showing up dressed like they're going to work. It <laughs> 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 like, sounds like so I, much like you, though. I, I know, exactly. And it's like, I'm actually wearing a Mr. Universe shirt, um, but I'm also wearing... Uh, my work jacket as well. <laughs> wow, shoot. So, there you go. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was just one I of those things. I wore mine on Thursday because I went straight after work. Yeah, exactly. And I had a morning meeting uh, that I did before I went up to the con itself. So, uh, yeah, we, we had a fun little conversation about that. And I mentioned our podcast. And that actually led to some really cool conversations um, which, you know, this is all when they think in the course of about five minutes, I just hit him at a good time where just nobody was lining up at that moment. Yeah. 
And yeah. it was just a cool conversation about, you know, what we talk about, how we all got together. And like, he actually was asking questions, which was really cool. Cause it's like, wow, he's actually engaging me one-to-one. -one. This isn't just, yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool. You know, like some of these other guys were just like, I'm never going to remember you. I'm never going to remember you. Yeah. So that was really cool. And he ended up giving me uh, one of the t-shirts that he was selling there, signed that, and oh. uh, took one of our business cards, because we have business cards now. We do. Speaking of which, if you do see us at, at, at SoccerCon this coming year, uh, be free to ask us for a card, uh, uh, one of our, our cards, because we'll be happy to give you one. If, yep. if we have any on us. Oh, oh we, will. we should uh, all have them on us. Yay. Oh, we will. I like those. We cards. we only got a thousand of them. Give me some. I'll pass them out. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I'll make sure everybody has some. So that was cool talking with him. And then I moved on to Johnny Young Bosch. And I made the comment to him, you probably don't remember me, but you actually have signed my base in the past. It's like Akikon. <laughs> like, well, fucking shit, you do remember me. So uh, I won't go into the whole point of conversation there, but uh, that was really cool just because I, I've been told that he is a guy that actually does, you know, legitimately try to remember everybody they've had interaction with or any, or any conversations. Yeah, he's one of the better ones. From yeah, no, that that's just it. And, you know, talking also about, because we didn't have our podcast at the time, uh, mm -hmm. bringing up all of that stuff. And he without even batting an eyelash, it's just like, like, oh, dude, what is it? He starts pulling out his phone. It's just like, here's a card. It's just like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn, cards. So, Ooh, so he cool. took so that. Yeah, he took that. And I mean, he put it in his wallet. Like, oh, my God. I, I have no idea if he will ever actually listen to us. But I don't really care. That was such a cool moment, just getting a chance to go and talk with them. And uh even just some stuff that I won't mention here on the podcast, but we, we had a little bit of a different conversation Ooh, uh, just thoughts. about local area <laughs> convention politics and sexual <laughs> positions. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that he's a very tender lover, but I don't have any proof of that. Uh, <laughs> but, oh my God, that was, that was very cool. And uh, something that I have neglected mentioning. So uh, Kirsten from Fairweather Friends, uh, who we had on the podcast a little while ago, Mm -hmm. Ended up joining me for the entire day that I was at con. Cool, cool. Because the whole circumstance of me even being able to go came from a coworker who had bought two Saturday tickets. <laughs> and he's been trying to get me to go for a while. And ultimately, Mama Samu Cosplay talked me into coming. Uh, like, I, I'd like I'd like a friend in the audience for uh, uh, the costume contest and all that stuff. It's a really big deal. Like okay, finally I agreed, and then my coworker couldn't even go. No, yeah, Aww. yeah, he, he bitched out at the last second. That means he like, had another free ticket to give. Yeah, to yeah, he he just had this other pass. So Friday night at like eleven o'clock, I just go and post on Facebook, "Hey, anybody need a ticket to uh, Emerald City?" <laughs> so yeah, I put that out there and. Uh, Nobody responded for like six hours. And I wake up the next morning and uh, there's a direct message. Is the ticket still available? <laughs> hmm. Just like, yeah, meet me in Seattle. And then we just ended up hanging out the whole time. It was a really cool experience. And That's then cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Then we ended up basically being handlers for Mama Samu for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but yeah, going really quick into like. Mm So like, mo- if, from what I can tell, it's mo- a lot of the original crew, like the first two, to three seasons, crews were known for being quite good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, considering the fact that Power Rangers was expected to be, you know, all of twenty six episodes of a season commitment, and then somehow turned into a worldwide phenomenon. Exactly. I, I think well, that the especially the early crews really appreciate how lucky they got moving into that. Exactly, because that whole thing spawned a massive career. Well, that's just it. Oh, yeah, that's just it. Well, especially for like Johnny Young Bosch, who, you know, had some voice acting credits ahead of time. But I mean, man, that guy managed to go and take that. You know, I do most of my acting behind a helmet <laughs> and ran yeah. it. Yeah. And also like Jason David Frank, who's now a worldwide uh, martial artist, uh, ex- martial expert. Yeah, no, that's like, just it. Yeah, it's it's made careers for some. It's been the end of the scope of careers for a few others, but let's and not that's not say it's a bad thing. Season. Unfortunately, it also has brought in um, bad mm-hmm. karma in for a few. For example, like the the lawsuit, not the lawsuit, but the murder. Yeah, the murder. The murder? That's the mur- <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, the murder that happened a couple years ago. Man, it's um, such a mixed bag. See that? Yeah. You have shining stars. You have murder. God, it's just. Oh, it's almost beautiful. It's like <laughs> one end of the spectrum to the other, really. All one end of the spectrum to the other. So, that was Emerald City Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked that. It was good. You sounded like you had a good time. I, I, I actually would consider going back again this time around. I oh, this something I never thought yeah. I'd say about Emerald City. I actually would consider going back. I'd probably still only do a day, just because I don't care Saturday for a lot of sounds stuff. Sounds like the best day to do it too. I but. realistically probably because I yeah. will say, even though I have some disagreements with some judges. I will say getting a chance to watch that particular costume contest was awesome. Mm, but don't like we that, always have disagreements with judges? I, I, that, that's just it. And honestly, not the way that people probably think uh, mm. as far as Mama Samu is concerned or anything like that. Because I'm sure everybody's like, oh, Mama Samu was robbed. And don't get me wrong. Mama Zamu did an amazing job, but that was some harsh competition in there. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. Watch the show because I'm a goober who had to go to sleep. But <laughs> oh. I, it's on Sci-Fi Wire if you want to see it. I mean, you oh, can go man. back and watch it. Crazy, and it's it's well worth it. This was the best, just in terms of the breadth of the field, how good everybody's quality was consistently up there. This was the best that. I have personally ever seen in a costume contest and having seen a couple dozen, that's a big compliment. There was not, not that you would have anybody bad at this level for Emerald city. Yeah. Cause this is like the West coast, big one. You know, this is, yeah. so it's the Western championships of cosplay, yeah. which is read pops own. Um, Ooh, is uh, that a contest? And mm-hmm. so they, pre-screened all of the contestants beforehand. Yeah. You have yeah. to get you have to get past a, a screening board to be able to even get up on stage. Yeah. But even yeah. with that being said, the number of people in the field and what they all brought to the table, there was no and I don't mean this like in terms of costumes, but there was no copycat performance. Everybody truly had their own unique 
styling, design, and process in what they were doing, whether it was in the needlework category, armor category, or FX category. All of them were... Sam was, uh, Samu was in the needlework. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah which, oh my god, that was the most... That was a contentious group right there. Because honestly, <laughs> out of everybody that was in that, there's only two people that I didn't think were up to quite the same level as the others. Mm-hmm. That's one, it could have gone to pretty much anybody, and I would say they earned it. I, How many were in there? Oh God, I, I'd actually have to look it up there. I want to say that there was probably 10 in the needlework category and seven or eight in the armor and FX categories. So eight out of 10? Yeah, eight out of the 10 were... They blew my mind. And the other two, make no mistake, were amazing in what they did, but I just didn't feel like had anything that really made their outfits unique enough that I would consider it to be, you know, prize worthy necessarily. An amazing technical accomplishment, but just not something where I'm like, whoa, that yeah. nailed it. That 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 one element, that one perspective, that one design choice set you apart from everybody else who's ever done something like this. Hmm. And I won't name names because, like I said, any one of them kicks my ass. Well, there you go. Most of them probably could kick my ass. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to say that were their costumes as great as the costumes on Captain Marvel? <laughs> 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 oh, man, that was so bad. That might have been the worst. Yes, because we've been waiting to talk about this just that, so we can have McKenna the, on. That lady and other gentleman, what we call uh, smashing a, uh, a changeover with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> so, on our other yeah, docket today. That wasn't so much of a segue as the Kool Aid man punching through a wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. On our docket today, we also did want to talk about Captain Marvel because now Captain Marvel is out and we have words about Captain Marvel. Good, yeah. bad, other. Mm-hmm. And also it's the lead up to uh, Endgame because we are all nerds and we've watched all the movies yep. and are excited for that stuff. And um, Cole, you, you're, Cole, you're, you're... Cole, you don't no, count. You're, you're we we stopped counting Cole a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Cole even you know, sat down and watched this movie. I mean, that's, that's actually, unheard of. Actually, <laughs> what? No. What? 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 Oh, I went last night. <gasps> ah! Oh my it's the end god! Of the world. Cole, Wait, little proof. Check out our, ch- check out the soccer uh, soccer rangers Instagram. It's all, the proof's right there. My god, is it right now? I'm checking it live, live right this action. This is crazy. <laughs> you mean we can't do the thing where we watch the trailer and you haven't seen anything, so it's even the first time you've seen the trailer? Well, I actually have. Just, just say it's on there, Tyler. Yeah. Just say it's on there because it's going up tonight. <laughs> I just it's wanted to make sure that McKenna actually there. did make it before we put it up. Hold on. I'm just going to set it to Tyler so that he has something to look at. I'm actually working on putting it up right now since McKenna's here and I can this actually just a just picture of a dick. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that's just Cole. Yeah, that's just Cole. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. So, um, Captain Marvel. Words, yes. thoughts. Who wants oh, to talk first? Well, I, I, I feel like... I feel like we need to go and address this one specifically to the big Captain Marvel fangirl or fanboy. You mean the one who fan bought person? a bunch of prints and artwork of Captain Marvel? <laughs> yes, yes. There's only, what, $500 worth in that room that we're looking at right now? And also, like, um, to at least one or two costumes that have been made specifically. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Maybe go and check out the Magic Time Studio Instagram to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll post all of this. Who's that? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 Oh, for our audio listeners, which are our only (laughs) listeners, McKenna is showing us pictures of uh, her, all her plethora of Captain Marvel artwork. Everyone loves the cat. Yes. Because oh, loves that cat. We are now entering spoiler zone. So if you haven't watched the movie, go watch yes. it and Does then this... come back to us and watch this and listen to it. Yes, Goose is the most best cat ever. I um, agree. Goose is just the best character in the whole damn movie. That... Thank you very much. So Goose was I that can... all after? Like I believe that was all after edits and it was. So there were I read an article on it. There were about ten shots that were actual cat. And the rest was all CGI. <laughs> like there were cats that were used for like reference for the shot, and then they CG'd over them. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So ninety percent of goose. Yes, because I'm pretty sure they didn't cat. put cat up to G Force. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure they can't get a cat to issue tentacles from its mouth and eat Cree. Um. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's uh, just no way of making that statement sound good. <laughs> um, so, I I have to admit there was one character in that movie that I think stands up to Goose, and that is the child. Uh, oh yeah, the 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 niece I guess of the main character. Yeah, yeah, God, um, and yeah. just because he's like a horrible example for your daughter if you don't go up in the spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, for me, Captain Marvel was sort of, or Goose was sort of Chekhov's gun for me because <laughs> I am a big Captain Marvel fan. I have cosplayed Carol for four years. I have read all of the modern comics for Carol and Captain Marvel. So, knowing that Goose is a flurkin, I knew they had to use that. Now, my roommate, who had no idea what flurkins were, was blown away. <laughs> had no idea what was coming. So, yeah. So, like, overall, my opinion of the movie is that they did a fantastic job of updating her backstory from the comics and putting it into the MCU for a modern audience. So, um, making Marvel a woman, awesome, for the girl power story that is Captain Marvel, um, and like the source of her powers now ties her into the greater overarching uh, MCU story. Another thing caused by the Tesseract. Yeah. <laughs> so it it's not that she's power like in my opinion how i interpret it is she has some of the tesseract's power in her mm-hmm. more than so <laughs> thanos oh, does no, not have all stone. of the space stone <laughs> see oh i never i never looked up the spoiler but apparently lego made a spoiler for endgame there seems to be some implied ones from a couple of the Lego sets, but I'm not really buying into it so much just because yeah. 
I, we've seen so, a lot of times where toys kind of, you know, spoil you something in the about movie. Spoilers in Lego. The first Captain Marvel in Lego included the very first Quinjet that she and Fury flew in the movie. Oh. Mm. I own it. That's how I know that <laughs> fun little fact. But that was that Lego set was out before they announced the Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> occasionally it works that way uh, yeah like i don't know if if it's like is that spoiler or is that marvel being clever or or just a really weird freaking coincidence or a weird coincidence yeah yeah um yeah like i, I was know. sitting in the theater and i'm like wait i have that quinjet the prototype quinjet that they're flying sitting in lego in my collection <laughs> so i just want to ask something really quick and i and i did some general okay. research on this um just to confirm that i was correct but they retconned the scrolls didn't they the scrolls no no i think this is the, the first scrolls time haven't shown up in mcu yet no, yeah. no, 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 no i'm not talking i'm not talking i'm talking the scrolls in general including all source material I'm talking also comics. Okay, They're but not, you can't because MCU is a completely different yeah, it, universe. It's not I a retcon. I, I think you're choosing the wrong word. Did okay. they no, right? wrong. But it's a different but, interpretation. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's what I was. That's what I mean. Is that they decided okay. to go for in a different direction with the scrolls than the original source material? Um, if I remember correctly, in the original like comics and stuff like that, the scrolls were essentially equal settings with the Kree. I think. Like uh, eight, like kind like of? they were both they were both they were both empires that were okay hold so, on they're both problems yeah, yeah. Oh, apparently oh. the scrolls calls the the Cree there was a whole I actually read some history back and forth like back from the original like Silver Age although there was the whole scroll invasion which might not happen in the movie now that was the big thing well, the scroll, the, the scroll invasion was happening when Carol came to Earth in the yeah. movie yeah so yeah. she interrupted it yeah but it wasn't really a bad thing yeah like, yeah so uh colt you got to remember uh the comic books like the marvel likes to do this thing where every oh, I realize that. uh no you're not uh every <laughs> kind of thing is like a different universe so the comic books like the canon con rule book uh con canon comic book universe that's the yes. is earth one nine 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 now I, I realize that's, 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 that's the yeah, MCU yeah, one. I realize same thing. The Earth six one six is the canon comic book, and yep. then Earth one nine 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 is the MCU movie universe, and then yep. there's a fuck ton of all other ones. Oh yes, and I realized yeah. because I was I figured that out while I was doing my. We research. don't talk about the one with the rabbits. Please don't. <laughs> anyway, I was doing my research on that, kind of just doing some general looking up. And I was like, oh, okay, so they've changed it from the source material. Okay, that's interesting. And then I kind of looked into it. I was like, okay. And in the source material, just as a kind of a generalized background. Um, it's really hard to say source material because there's also tons of different sources. that. Come yeah. Out. Yeah. It's like, that all okay. contradict each other. You can't Sorry, okay. say that. Some of the original, so, okay, let me, let me rephrase that then. In some of the original comics. Okay. Um. Curry were created 
by the scroll, essentially. Um, the scroll, okay, this is what had happened is that the scroll themselves wanted a comp, were a, a trading and e commerce society that if they found a, a society that they believed was worthy, they would give them some of their technology. And at one point, they found the Kree, who were kind of like a bit of like barbarian style, like combat and stuff like that, but not very advanced. And then another race. I can't remember exactly which it was. And this was a thousand years ago, thousands of years ago. And in the comics, the, one of those races was stuck on, um, was on moon, on Earth's, Earth's moon. That is true. Another one was stuck on another direction, and they were told to create the most beautiful thing they could. And the Kree, I think, went for something kind of okay, and then the other one was going to win. Like the other one has like a beautiful park and like a beautiful like technology uh, with the abilities that they had, and the Kree realized they were going to lose, so they were they got over to where this other thing was and they killed they destroyed them all and it was like well we win by default and the and the crew was like or the uh scroll were like well no <laughs> and then they just left and then because they said no they said the Cree attacked these people the scrolls that were overlooking this thing murdered them all and then took their ship and then created the entire empire based on it hmm and because of the way that the the in, the tr the information no about nothing of this getting out, it wasn't discovered for about five decades <laughs> before they actually realized, oh crap, these guys have have taken without permission, and they essentially created the Hala. <laughs> okay, um, and that's where the kind of the general information, the beginnings of it <laughs> came from, and. I find it kind of interesting. They're like, oh, okay. I was like, I wonder if that was still kind of similar because they never really went into very much further than, oh, the scroll are evil. Kill. And apparently they're, apparently the Kree are allied with Ronan, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Ronan Ronan's always been a Kree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I know. Um, in the oh, original. No. Then don't the be surprised. No, I know that. I know he's Kree. But the Deceivers were. Um, another thing were all original, originally scroll. Would you say the receivers? Deceivers. The, dece the deceivers, the ones who oh. Rowan is in charge of, were originally scroll in the um, original comic books. Huh. Well, um, but yeah, I don't that's know all that. I just know that in comics they have been fighting, and yeah. there are several I, I, instances I of the of like. Of a Romeo and Juliet type romance happening, and well, oh, most stuff I've read is outcast uh, from both sides. So. Uh, Whenever read in Infinity, uh, it was basically uh, you had the Cree, you had everyone working together after that because the Cree and the Skrull were fighting against Thanos because Thanos was oh who were the other guys? There's Thanos, and then there was the. Uh, the same thing Cole just described, except they weren't called a scroll. They were called constructors. And they did the same thing where they go to planet to planet. That happens a lot. They go to planet to planet and they deem them if they're worthy or not. And then they either destroy them all or they let them thrive. 
And it's just like, okay. And then they have the perfection. And that's when you have Captain Universe is part of that too. Anyways, mm. it's, if you get down that rabbit hole of comic books, it's just, oh, it, it gets crazy. Yeah. So, it is hard to know all of Marvel comics. Most yeah. people follow, choose one character or one team that they like. Yeah. And focus on those. Yeah. So um, I do want to talk about the movie, though. Is Yes. Uh, let's yeah, wrap sorry. back to yeah, the movie. Let's, yeah, let's keep this on the film. How so, did... How, yeah. uh, let's start with... I want to hear Rob's thoughts. Because Rob, we started this whole thing about the plan of making this podcast about this movie because he said he watched Captain Marvel and he had things to say. Yeah, so... Uh, what are those things? I that, So I will say... From where we originally started, I actually did go back and see this again because okay. I needed. This is going to sound bad here, but honestly, I left the theater the first time feeling so conflicted with myself over what I had watched Ooh. that I really needed a second trip through the film to, in some respects, ultimately justify my initial impressions. And in other places to actually feel much more at ease about them. Because I do want to make a point here. This is a good movie. I am in no way saying that this is a bad film. I will say, though, in the grand scheme of the MCU, mm. this film... If I were to judge this film just by itself... If this was, honestly, if this was the first MCU movie to come out... I would be in love with this mm -hmm. because it has the makings of greatness and it does do a nice job of going and setting up expectations. The problem for me with this film though, is that this is also one of the most internally inconsistent films in the MCU, just in terms of what they've done and how it interconnects with everything. Okay. And it's actually kind of a weird thing because a lot of the stuff that makes it that way are some of my favorite things in the movie. Yeah. Particularly mm -hmm. Nick Fury's character. Yeah. Who, yeah. oh my God, I love this Nick Fury. Oh yeah. He's young. He's nowhere near as salty. It's nice to get to see him without the, you know, I'm the big bad guy behind shield. Yeah. I'm more important than you. He's, I don't he's need to have personality in this movie. You're just waiting for me to say motherfucker in one of these. <laughs> Mother flirking. Yep. Yeah. He's just angry and doesn't want to tell anyone anything. Yeah. And it's like, I have liked Nick Fury, you know, all the way through this. Having this earlier, younger take on him is actually very fun to see. It's very entertaining in contrast. But at the same time, it also raises a whole bunch of questions about a lot of the events that took place between this movie in 1995 and where we ended up with an Iron Man in 2006. Yeah. There's a lot of weird ground. I, that I have questions too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, this movie has a lot of problems in terms of how it fits with the MCU. And that's the reason why I actually do have a bit of a problem with this film, not because it's, not a good film. It is a good film. But the more that I've thought about it, especially seeing it the second time, I actually noticed more problems with it and how it matches up that are just very confusing. Particularly, and this is 
pretty much a minor point, but I have to wonder why they felt the need to even include this in the movie. But having Ronan the Accuser showing up in this film is the biggest question mark that I think yep. has come up in an MCU movie. Because this okay. is a character who is so... And this also goes to some other problems that I have with, you know, the nature of Ronan's character and the Kree by comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know, we're talking about good movies. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love that one. I probably watched that movie more than any other MCU film. Even to the Kree, he is treated to be uh, very much a zealot. He yeah. is somebody who will not take anybody's from, yeah 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 he won't take orders from anybody his opinion is purely his own he and considers he will do, him above the supreme the supreme, what supreme is intelligence yeah supreme intelligence that's what it was yeah he he doesn't regard anything at that level and to see him you know not so much the fact that he's taking orders in the movie but more from the fact that this is a character who seemingly doesn't even really care about his own mortality or anything like that. This is a character who believes so much in his own ability that he's willing to go and take on basically single-handedly an entire planet of people. Okay, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Where did he take, take orders? He still took orders from the Supreme Intelligence. So yeah. at this point in the MCU uh, with the Kree and the Skrull at war... Uh, he was just a part of the accusers, which were like their special force bombers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was just part of the army and he would get his, uh, uh, his, commander, essentially. his commands from his commander, regardless. He was basically head of his command. Yeah. Uh, and then Supreme Intelligence would still tell him what to do. And it wasn't until I guess this is now uh, understand that at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Kree and uh, all the other characters that they were at war with are now in a truce there was peace there yeah. and that's at the very starting of that they're talking about that and they're like that's why Ronan was a bad guy because now he was just uh exactly the rogue yeah. agent yeah yeah he was he was an extremist so he just went on his way and they're like well he no longer under command so we can't do anything about it but we just had a war we just came to peace probably not on the Kree's term if Captain Marvel is whole purpose of going there to stop the war looks like she yeah. succeeded as we already know um so they had came to beast not on their terms probably by captain Marvel. so they don't really care what ronin's doing he's off doing things but they they're all salty because that's what they are so but then that makes the thing is like if you've watched <laughs> so you're, Guardians, you're going through what i'm going through here yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like you start the movie and you already know kind of who the bad guys are because you've seen things but then yeah. it started off as good and you're like no the other bad guys and you're like well i thought the, they were bad am i it's that's what they are but yeah. then you see their life and they're like oh they're just especially kind of if yeah like going into marvel if all you've seen is the movies and say agents of shield mm -hmm. tv show yeah you fucking... know the kree are bad guys yeah yeah, yeah and they're suddenly our hero but... is part Kree. of them yeah, no. And just, so, like, seeing the twist coming wasn't so much of a twist, it, you know? It was a very predictable film in that respect. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's kind of what upsets me here. And this is the reason why it's solidly a good film, not a great film. Because 
even somebody who has no idea to any of this stuff. Uh, I brought my wife to see it the first time. And even she at one point went, he's going to be the bad guy. These guys are going to turn out to be sort of the good guys. And they're just going to have the guy that had the eye patch somehow get his eye, you know, shot Fuck out or up. something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, literally everything pretty much from the beginning of the movie you can see coming. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. That sometimes gives you the ability to subvert expectations. And You've actually seen this in other MCU movies. So that's the problem with doing a sequel movie or a prequel yeah, a, movie. A prequel movie, yeah. yeah. It's got to fit in. We we have to know we know where it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the most part all of our characters are established. So we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um that said, I have questions about the his- the Tesseract. Yeah. I want to know its <laughs> oh. history here. So the Tesseract, this is what happened is uh Red Skull found it in that mm-hmm. monastery. So the, he uses uh, it was created the Asgardians found it, left it on Earth. Yes. In Viking times. Yeah. Uh, where it was hidden. Then, then Red the Skull. The Vikings took it. enthroned it. Then the Nazis found it. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Red Skull. And yeah, the Red he... Skull. Red Skull had it. Yeah. Captain Marvel or Captain America rescued it from the Nazis and crashed his plane into the into the Arctic. ocean. Howard Stark found it <laughs> while yes. searching for Captain. Howard Stark. We don't actually ever see him find it. We fi- see him find Captain America. No, we see yeah. him find it. Yeah. He, he's got yeah, the whole that, thing. That about was it. the thing they found. They didn't find Cap. That was the whole thing. Cap they was found, found later. Yeah, they found the gamma radiation, so they could just trace it like that. And he said, "I found the Tesseract, but we couldn't find Cap because that's where the trail ended. Because actually, the Tesseract." So I just been recently rewatching from the beginning. I'm, you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to be starting Dark World tonight. So I'm sorry. what happened? It has uh, important parts. It is funny, but. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Tesseract melted through the floor. So this is where uh, this is what also is kind of confusing is you're not able to touch it. And so we but this is the, the whole thing because where it's it, a cosmic stone. Yeah. In the first movie, that thing like glowed super bright that you can look at it. And then I'm like realizing, oh, man, they really toned down the Tesseract. But like they had to touch it with tongs because it was overpowered and they made weapons out of it. And then what happened is he went and grabbed it. And it like disintegrated his entire body, and then it fell and melted through the floor of the plane, and then he lost it somewhere in the ocean. And then uh, Howard Stark was able to find it because of the gamma radiation it emits, and he found it. And there was like, this is where the trail end. We have no idea where the rest of the plane went. And then yeah. he has it, and then in some way it makes its way through to Pegasus and Marvel. Yes. yes. Well, for well, it makes sense because it's part of the American Air Force. Yes, that's the only connection but I can Harold, think of. Uh, Howard Stark How- is a private. Yeah, he's a private individual yeah. working yes. with Shield, which yeah, is a clandestine no, organization. There, well, at, yeah. the, at the ver- at the very beginning, though, wasn't it essentially still part of the U.S. Army? Well, actually, not, Howard was a founding member of Shield. Yes, so... and Shield technically wasn't really officially created till after world war ii yes yeah. it wasn't yeah so, so technically he was working for the america the 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 u.s the the, the government because of the shield uh, the branch whatever of was government. before shield we see yeah. that in captain america and uh yeah 
Agent Carter. Yeah, yes. exactly. So because of that, it would make sense why the government ended up with the Tesseract. I, I yeah. guess. I mean, they're... they're that's there's the sketchy part. ground there on the history of the Tesseract. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a little Howard bit Stark of discovering it and it ending up with Marvel. Those well, are I the know. two pieces we see from 1940 something to 1995. He had it all the way up until about the 70s, I know of, because uh, in Iron Man 2, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> Iron Man 2 was all about him creating a new element. Uh, and the element is based off of what the Tesseract is. And yeah. so that's the whole drawing that he had through his book. So in the Tesseract this entire time. And I can only assume, um, God, when did he die? Probably the 90s. Did he, he was, die? He was assassinated. He was assassinated. Yeah. Well, find that out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I need to look up the event there. But yeah, I want to say that was, I that think was it was like 93, if I remember correctly. So it's a so, few years before. Uh, Captain that's, Marvel's. That's primary. the only but thing then, I can so think of. If, if Howard Stark had it, was it private collection? No, then? I don't think so. I think it was part of the government. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it I was. Just looked it up. It's actually labeled on the uh, on the fandom website. Assassination oh, cool. of Howard and Maria Stark, December sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. Literally yes. a year and a a day before my first birthday. Oh, fine. There you go. So, um. I think that's the like I think it was probably when you find something that powerful and with the help of the US government it doesn't just become private collection it sort of goes to shield and then that gets sent out to I guess Pegasus acquired it yeah, in some so, way like we're all we're just speculating right now we have no idea how the yeah, Tesseract no, got from Howard Stark to Captain Pegasus in Marvel I, I'm just going to go and chalk this up to lazy writing, quite honestly. And it doesn't really yeah. matter, ultimately. Yeah. It's just like, one of those... I mean, we might get a comic that lays out the history of the... Te mm. Like, MCU from the eyes of the Tesseract, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Quick question. Which would be interesting. Would, would hmm. this film be essentially be the second in the series? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. We have Captain America, Captain Marvel. By, yep. in by your, if you're watching in, yeah, in chronologically, yes. chronological yeah. order. If you ignore if you if you ignore the end credit sequence. Mm. Oh yes, because yeah. that makes it uh, applicable yeah, yeah. to the newest movie. Yeah. Uh, um, I do want to say, well, not the end credits, the af the mid credit scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I do want to yeah. say, uh, I the plot twist was expected. The other plot yeah. twist were. There's like about three or four yeah. plot twists in there. Can we really call them twists if they're totally predictable, though? <laughs> Some of them weren't. Like, um, what was the one? Like, also, um, the scroll not only being good guys, but the kind of good guys they were. I was kind of expecting to still be bad guys, and then we would just have two bad guys, and it would be like, oh, oh. okay. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting okay, that yeah, ride. Like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah um, but yeah. then the way how very human but, and funny they just instantly turned out to be, and it was just like... And oh. I, I think that's a writing to the time we're in, where yeah. we have refugees from war and trying... Make say, hey, look, like they're human, they're real people. That's writing to the times we're in now. I yeah. I guess, but in a really lazy and, and way. How, that's <laughs> how I thought of how they modernized the story for. I will say, audience. yeah, that that part I'll go and you know I'll, that part I'm more than willing to go and surrender the point on there. But yeah, yeah. that's there's there's I mean, two. It other might be a little twists. preachy, but 
I'm saying yeah. that's part of writing <laughs> it for today's audience. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I get it. I get it. No, it's well, it's not yeah. it's not bad inherently. It's just no when it's so predictable. Oh, I think that's nice. Yeah. Is that also predictable? Like the fact when he got up to the space station and you think he was looking for a thing, but it was his family the entire time. And the where... space station's not abandoned. It. Yeah, it I think that was that wasn't too really. Yeah, I wasn't also expecting that one. Um, but then there was also the cop out for the final fight. Oh, yeah, was... I I have complaints about that. Like I that said, was kind of funny. It, knowing though. that Goose like, yeah. is a flirkin from the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, it's a flirkin. We're gonna get to see the flirkinness at some point. Yeah, and I felt the final fight. So I uh, Goose swallowing the tesseract. Okay, I understand. I buy that. Goose being the final fight. Oh, that's not even the final fight. I'm talking about a lot of cop out. No, no, no. He's not talking that one. I'm talking talking about the final fight against his her old commander. Turn off off the flashing lights and kick kick my ass. We'll do this for like control your emotions. Control your emotions. And it's it's, I write it up to writing for the time and girl power fighting mansplaining. Yeah, mansplaining. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that. Although, to be I, totally I honest, know. I was I was kind of predicting that since the beginning oh, God, of right. the film. Like ever since it's like the whole when he was kicking her ass at the beginning during the training sequence, I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're at some point in this film, you're gonna get you're gonna he's gonna get his ass fucking beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, that 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 was another thing though that got me about it because that should have actually been a good build up situation. But th- this kind of goes to another one of my issues with it has to do with really I, I'm blaming a lot of these issues more on the director and probably having too many writers because there were five writers attached to this movie. Mm. I feel, feel like, like there was five stories going on. That, that's just it. I don't feel like there was enough cohesion between the writing staff. And I think that the director, while doing a serviceable job, I don't think was pushing the actors to their full limits because. We've seen Brie Larson put in some great performances. We've seen Jude yeah. Law go and do some great performances over the years. And I don't know. It, I think that they were so focused on messaging that they forgot about the you know necessity of acting when it came to the whole control your emotions thing. Because it's like yeah. that can that's something that's worked. That's something we've seen done before. It's not a new concept. That's, that's, a, that's essentially the epitome of Ronan. Well, that's just it. And it's one of those things where they kept saying that, but it's like I'm never actually seeing Brie Larson. That's another showing thing. that much. Mo- She's pulling. I, yeah. I'll admit, I heard this from somebody else, and I'm sure he heard it from somebody else who heard it from somebody else who's heard it from somebody else. But another friend of mine made the comment that's like, I felt like I was watching a bad Mila Kunis movie at some points, looking at Brie Larson. It's like, you know what? That's kind of it, because it's not that Brie Larson is a bad actress. But it just felt like some of the scenes she was in, she was just phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Or that she wasn't given good, I think it was more bad direction. Direction. Yeah, I, I think that's more what it comes down to. Because we know she's capable of doing a good performance. And Jude Law is capable of doing a good performance. Oh yeah, I definitely. think neither one of them, quite honestly, gave me what I would consider there to be their real yeah. acting potential in there. Mm-hmm. And it's I, weird I, because I, the I, comedy scenes, I felt like they were doing a great job in. But the serious scenes, mm-hmm. they didn't okay. seem to have it together. I actually I, have a quick question re- related to the humor and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what was something there's, I want one answer for both of these. First off, what was something in the movie that annoyed you? Like someone was like, really? Like what the fuck? 
was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like just one thing. It's just like, it's not like it's like, oh, that was horrible. Or just like something that was just like, really? That's it? Do you just want to answer your own question already? No. Um, and I, the other one is, what was something that kind of made you like, that was like something you thought was funny? Like one of your favorite so, parts. So do they both have to be humor related or no. is this just generally speaking to the film? No, something you didn't like and something that you thought was funny. Uh, what okay. I, so if oh. I can answer, what I didn't like was the scene with the the neighbor mm, yeah. in oh. Louisiana. I was yeah. about to yeah. Yeah, and very much the like how it was like I don't know if it was how it was written or how it was performed. It was very much a if I was that neighbor, I'd be calling nine one one. Yeah, yeah. He never called the cops or anything. That's yeah. No, well, didn't he get knocked out or something? No. Well, I like. I don't. I don't remember seeing it the second time around, so I'm gonna say no. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, he'd be something you'd call the cops. Like, that seemed like a totally uh, unneeded scene. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... I Other that, than a distraction for the scroll to get into the house. Which I feel like you could have just had him show up and it would have been just as effective. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, have it, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, I did like... I did like Brie Larson. She did seem very charismatic. Mm. For the most so, part, for the, the, like, again, the emotion scenes, for the funny yeah. emotion scenes, it seemed like that. Like she seemed to have, I don't know if it, I guess it's also the writing. She just always had a quip for everything, and she liked yeah, the quip. snarky yeah. humor. Yeah, that I love of Captain Marvel, and that goes back to uh, DeConnick's run of the comics, mm-hmm. which Kelly Sue DeConnick was consulted. If you had sat through all of the credits and watched them. <laughs> Which it's a Marvel movie. You should do that. Um, And those those snazzy, snarky and sassy comments just help bring that human nature to Carol, as well as bringing her, separating her from the other heroes that we have. Yes, yes, I did like that. Totally unique personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want it, to see more of her. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very curious to see, especially with Endgame, how a different set of directors utilizes yeah. her. Because yeah. I feel like I have two problems with this movie that really kind of sum up everything. Because I've commented about a lot of things where it's like, okay, it doesn't really work with the grander scheme of the MCU. It's not that it's bad, but just as an MCU film, it finds itself a little bit tonally deaf by comparison to the other films that's connected to. But um, outside of that, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> this is what kills me here. Mm. So I do have my, I do have a word. Okay. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, go, I, no, I, go for it. I need to get my stuff together. Yeah, here. I, I, I want to I comment on Cole's uh, when he said bad thing that was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole ending where it was my planet needs me now. Whoop, 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 whoop. And yeah, then yeah, just, no, it's she poochies. Yeah, and it's just like, how do we explain this really powerful character for not being here for this entire other time? My planet needs me, and she just she's off and gone. She flies. I was like, these people need me to need me to help them find a planet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and uh, it felt like okay, that's also kind of it feels a little honed yeah. in there and cliche Which, and 
So, so yeah, but like, I don't know. It's like I said, it's the problem with a, a prequel movie. Yeah. It has to land in certain spots. So it's just like yeah. it's fluid, fluid, fluid. Oh, my roommate's right like, here. okay, shoe now horn, we have to wait horn, for Captain horn. Marvel two to find out what she did in space. And yeah. Like, a lot of it's, I, for me, that's like what with prequels, it's always like cool writing, cool writing, cool writing. Then near the end, it's shoehorn, 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 yeah. like shoot, Put all the information that needs to be in. Like, okay, the, my two things are very are very quick. But mm-hmm. the thing that I thought was funny was the proton blast jokes. Um, there was, was a, my... a large amount of jukeboxes getting destroyed in that movie. Yeah. I noticed it. I don't <laughs> yep. know. I was uncomfortable with how many jukeboxes got destroyed in that movie. Those things are expensive. No, yeah, they are. Like, okay. but no, the, like the, they're expensive the, now. In the nineties, yeah. they were everywhere. Yeah. Yes, but, but my my fa- that was one of my favorite things. Was just like you let me p- fool around with tape, and you could have just done that. Like, <laughs> or I was like, and what what the hell was that? It was like proton blast. Like it was, it was like mm. Scorpion. It was like how the fuck do I know that? But yeah. um, but the thing I didn't like mm-hmm. was the way that we have seen Ronan in the past. Okay, you're you're touching oh, yeah. on one okay. of mine. Yeah, the way that we've seen Ronan in the past with is like, oh, I am a fucking god. Yeah, um, and of course, this is twenty years or. Oh, so, you mean the how he just runs away like nothing? Yeah, it's like okay, it's like I can understand. It's like okay, this guy's a military commander. I guess maybe this is just before he goes completely fucking nuts. Yeah, no, but, he always was. No, no, he, he's he's been a. He's been a zealot his entire life. I mean, that okay. was made clear in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, yeah, just don't no, check. That's that's just but, what yeah. he is. Yeah, no, but I I know exactly where you're going here, Cole. Because yeah, yeah, this is a guy who wouldn't back down. Yeah, and it's like this particular guy would fight to the last man and to the last ship, and she goes through a single squadron of fighters, blasts them to pieces, and then decides, okay, I'm going to fly through one of your three ships. Yeah. yeah, and, and then, then it just gonna... hovers in front of it, like and and, and oh, I have to admit the punch thing was fucking cool. I like oh, that. That was really. Yeah. Awesome. I was like, ooh, channel punch. I did. Like, I did like that whole thing. I thought she was gonna like blast like a kamehameha, but then it was just like her version of flexing in front of there, going like, "Yeah, I'm powerful. What you gonna do?" And you're like, "Oh, I." But I and this could have been an amazing scene for the record. Like it would have been cool, like if they well, kind of did a so, stalemate. Because those yeah. two were From both like Captain Marvel's perspective powerful. on that. We, she, she is, she is not going to kill everyone just because she can. Yeah, no, she but, has to give them the option to run away. But this is also somebody who's been very clearly established as having been something yeah. in that, you know, especially in that military command for decades at this point, even before this movie came out, we knew he was a big name and His we knew that he was at the top of that same. position. This would have been a situation where, honestly, if you wanted to go and have a really good conclusion to this, if you felt the need to put him into the movie, which clearly they did, what you do is you go and prop him up as the figurehead. And you have her go into the ship right there, have him go and pull his Guardians of the Galaxy villain monologue stick again, and with one punch have him disabled. Not killed, but disabled. Because yeah. that's going to demoralize the entirety of that group. And that's going to go and put a message out there that, okay, this whatever operation happened here, never we happened. are not to go back. And would but more yeah. properly explain why it is that they never went back. Because... 
why in God's name? And this is just me thinking way too much about this after the second watch. It's like, well, why the hell didn't the Kree go back to try to go and figure out some more what was going on or even how this happened, how Carol Danvers became this powerhouse? Yeah. There's well, I think a it's lot of she, gaps. she brought the fight to them. I, I guess, but you, that's the only thing I can thing. think of. Well, okay, I think those are questions we might get answered in Marvel May, too. I I but, hope so. I hope yeah. Here's, yeah. Here's so. Here's, some, here's something that I noticed as well. I just want to bring this up real quick. Is that the way that I've seen? I saw the way that his military structure was worked in Guardians of the Galaxy, for example. Yeah, like it would have made perfect. Like I know his his followers were almost just as fanatical as Rowan was, mm -hmm. but it would have made a lot more sense to me personally. Is if the guy that was standing beside Ronan mm -hmm. was the one that says, "Should we leave?" Mm -hmm. and then Ronan beats the shit out of him. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then and then and then Marvel and then Marvel or Captain Marvel essentially shoves them back through a portal. Ah, oh, but she doesn't have. Oh, I guess it is a chess rack. This is a space yeah. stone, but there, I don't know. That's. But uh, you know what I mean. But that's the example yeah. I'm using here. And then that, it would just make more sense to me. It's like okay, and then essentially she does exactly what he does to what's his face, her commander. Yeah, yeah, dude, Loth. Yeah, dude, Loth's yeah. <laughs> character. I honestly don't remember his new character. I did. I, I if there's one thing I can criticize about the name conventions of any of the Cree stuff, it's that. God, they're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> every one of yeah. them is terrible. Yeah. So, I ha I have another thing. Okay, I have another thing. <laughs> I have this another. Is, this is gonna be a lot of thing. I I am this, so this happy. That this is the last thing. Shoehorned yeah. into the movie that did not need to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. Ronan, as we just discussed, yep. it could have been mm -hmm. any other Cree commander. Could have just any, not been there and been yeah. the same effect. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been Ronan was sent them. That would made much more sense. Yeah, yeah, didn't need to be in the movie, right? Yeah, we could have met, had mention of of his name and been or fine. The, yeah, it, did, it just felt like they were trying to drag more in to make it feel more connected to the MCU. Yeah, and didn't need to do that, guys. Yeah, and no. yeah, could have just no, done yeah. the hologram, and that would have been more than enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and second character that was shoehorned in that did not need to be there, Coulson. Oh, I, we haven't I, talked about him because he's very forgettable in this movie because he didn't need to be there. I, I think it was one, supposed to be the cameo. No. It was like the, a cameo. That's I will say, of, yeah. I will allow Coulson. I'm going to give a bit of a pass here, but for a reason that I think that pretty much everybody missed. And I think it's one of the actually best written pieces of the entire film. Because when Coulson is first introduced in scene, yeah, I mean, it's a forgettable role altogether this time around. But yeah. when he's first introduced in the scene, he is engaging in the way that he has been. And it's just kind of a forgettable character. When the scroll poses as him. And it's really the, good. I like that writing. Yeah, no. Like and is that. in. Yeah, when he's in the car with Samuel L. Jackson, the performance becomes really wooden and unnatural purposefully and when we have him come back in you know granted only through telephone communication yeah he's well the not same. telephone well yeah well, i know yeah radio yeah through communication he's, yeah he is engaging the way that he has been you know in the previous movies agents of shields all that stuff almost but yeah. he, even in a more uh novice of a way yeah exactly but you know he's, he's engaging new. on screen he's clearly yeah. Yeah. putting an effort acting and the scene where the scroll is impersonating him, 
while it's definitely, you know, posing as him, he clearly does not understand all of the social conventions of Earth. And that's something that's emphasized with the scroll throughout mm -hmm. all of the lead up in there. That actually, for all of the things I've criticized in terms of lazy writing, that actually was one of the best things they did because that was really what helped go and cement a lot of this stuff, especially with uh, Fury's boss in the movie later on. That's really what facilitated Nick Fury understanding just how big of a threat this really was and taking a chance on uh, Carol to try to go and find a way to get around all this. That actually I thought was really smart. While it was not or while I wouldn't say that it was necessary, I think that that was a smart move bringing him in because yeah. that gave us a relatable character that we could go and identify that off of. Yeah. Like next yeah. time you watch the movie, seriously, that scene is actually really, really yeah. smart. I really like that scene. It, it's and I felt like it was like a nice as nice cameo because it wasn't like all the all the movie, um, but it was just like that he was there and then he was gone and then he had another scene that like he doesn't shoot and he goes, oh, and you're like, yeah, that's my Coulson. That's yeah. my Coulson right there. And then that's yeah. it. And that's all you need. Short, yeah. short and sweet. But with yeah, like Ronan, I, you don't, it doesn't work with yeah, Ronan. Ronan. It's like, didn't I, I wish all the 90s Ronan. references had been as good as the Coulson reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that they did two back to back like that. I, mm, I, uh, this, this is one, I, I am going to criticize this last thing because this was my other point that I was going to bring up. Okay. So one of the things that, and I hate to go and compare these two films because they are very different, but mm -hmm. it needs to be said, there's good Easter eggs, cameos, references, and then there's bad ones. Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters 2016 had a, that's like the ultimate case study in bad references and cameos in terms of what you get out of a film. And just on how sometimes calling attention to that stuff can just put a drag on it. Yeah. This movie, while not anywhere near as bad as that, still did not do a great job when it came to references and all that stuff. Even a lot of the music that was playing, which is like, oh yeah, it's the 90s and all that stuff. It's like, the more I'm thinking about it, it's like, this song didn't even come out until 97. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of 97, there's actually there was a, a little... Mm -hmm thing that i saw online that people were nitpicking um you know the scene where they're loading the black box mm -hmm. um people were nitpicking about a features on the computer yeah yeah no, they were like there was like that was windows 95 right yeah but they were using a 98 interface that that button there was not there till windows 98 yeah no they're there they tried to reference some stuff and make it feel you know they they tried to do the same kind of thing that everybody does when you do a period piece film. And now the nineties are considered a period. They are now a period. And, and they didn't understand how to do it tastefully. And in a way that didn't call too much attention to it. I still stand by Bumblebee is one of the best examples of being able to go and do those kind of references without it being painfully obvious on there. Yeah. They don't focus on that stuff in the process. This one is just like, Oh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy had all these great throwbacks to 70s music and personalities of the time and all that stuff. I guess we need to do that with the 90s. It's like, guys, Carol doesn't Most even of your know audience here remembers the 90s. You yeah, got to do it right. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Unlike Star-Lord, Carol does not have the same kind of yeah. 
identification with this stuff. She's been gone for most of the stuff that you're referencing. That was a big well, thing. So yeah. the, the, what I saw is most of the references are in f that she would recognize, which would be flashbacks from the 80s. Yes. Yeah. She's, yeah. That was the big thing is like it was a very 90s film, but like she had not experienced any of the 90s. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, because she disappeared because she disappeared in 1989. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a really weird and awkward referencing situation. And it's like, guys, this is the MCU. You actually don't need to do this. Yeah. yeah. Like Captain America, the first Avenger, we're talking back in phase one when things were still experimental, you know? They even figured out, okay, we really don't need to reference a lot of stuff from World War II. We just need to capture the spirit of it. We need to capture the energy. Yeah. And that's really what they went for. The 90s, for everything that I could go and talk about, how it was the death of artistic license in a lot of respects, mm -hmm. that is also a time period that has so many little iconic things and so much that you can go and pull from. It's like, why did you feel the need to make a Radio Shack reference? Just the fact that you have it on a word, just the fact that you have it in a strip mall would be enough. Why did you have to yeah. call attention to it? Where can yeah. I get communications equipment? It's like, radio just have them break into a Radio Shack. That's enough. Yeah. Why did you need to call attention to it? This is like Dan Aykroyd making the funniest joke in Ghostbusters 2016 and then immediately following it up with the least funny joke in Ghostbusters 2016. Why, guys? Why? You're the MCU. You're better than this. Two writers max now. That's my opinion. <laughs> Two writers, note, not five. Two. On on five. that note, on that very note of only having two writers, this show should come to a close just like that amount of writers. So two know. of us are getting fired? Two of you are getting fired. I'll pull this name from well, the hat. I'll do it for poor attendance. I and know exactly. Cole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's the funny and thing. And the other person... Also, so cold. How do you do that? Called it. So, uh, why are all my why is all these pieces of paper have my name on it? All of them have your name on it. Um, I do want to say, uh, closing thoughts. This is a movie I think you can see without having to see all the other ones. It is standalone. I, I would agree yeah. with that. Yes. Um, but with all our, we've complained about it a bit, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go see it. You yeah, should go. No, see I, it. I, I yeah, still go, recommend go the it. film. Yeah. yeah. I, I, still I've very been much telling people run, don't walk, go see it. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I go quite that far. Like I, I don't know. It one one last closing thought on this. So I think that rotten tomatoes actually does kind of sum this film up and yeah, let's go and forget about the review bombing that was happening before the film came out mm. right now. It's sitting on a critic rating of 79% and audience rating of 62. And quite honestly, from everybody I've talked to, I actually think that kind of sums it up because nobody's okay. really arguing that it's a good movie, but the like versus the critic on there, the two of them are relatively close, but the critics are focusing this more as an objective film and the audience is approaching this as MCU fans. Yeah, yeah. This is a film that honestly... I could have lived with watching once, but because I wanted to give this as honest a review as I could, I felt that I needed to go back and watch some stuff. And honestly, I'm glad I saw it yeah. the second time because I found myself much less disappointed in it the second time around. Because okay. I started it, looking at it from a different perspective. Would you say it's better than Iron Man 3 or Thor 2? 
Uh, I would definitely say I actually thought about this here, and I think McKenna's got something to say. So, um, but oh, I, yeah. I, oh, I will go and say trying. this is far from the worst film that's come out. I still stand by the worst Marvel movies. Still comes down to the first Thor. Oh. Yeah, mm. I still stand by that because it's like yeah. you could have at least given me some action to go along with that. And instead, you had literally the most predictable movie that they've ever put out. Captain okay, Marvel, yeah, not yeah. even close. Okay. <laughs> so uh the first Thor. The Incredible Hulk, just because tonally it's really I don't even count that as a Marvel movie. That it, it yeah. Yeah, just, <laughs> just remember Incredible Hulk, not Hulk. No yeah, only in this the one. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the number two worst. Followed by uh, Thor Dork. the Dark World. Then uh, Iron Man 3. Just because at least Iron Man 3 has some good visual scenes. It does. but it, it, oh. It's got some really memorable moments. It's just... There was a great idea. Yeah. And then there was execution. And the two of them did not even cross paths the whole it way just through exponentially there. got weirder and crazier near the end. Yeah. Then Iron Man 2. Then... Doctor Strange. Really? Yeah. We don't need uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can justify that one later. We can go and talk. Yeah. I think yeah. actually we should have an we episode. We can make a whole episode about the rankings of MCU movies. Yeah, I, I think yeah. we actually might do that before Endgame comes out. That could be fine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just above Doctor Strange, I would go and put uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. It's it's far so from the bottom of the barrel middle on of the there. Pack. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. in a nice spot. I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah, there's there's 21 films in this series yeah. so far. So if you're if you're in 10, you're right in the middle. Uh, yeah. McKenna, you had a last thought, or is that it? So my roommate is a big fan of TV and movie writers. He follows a lot mm -hmm. of writers' rooms and a lot of writers on Twitter and whatever you follow writers on. <laughs> he is a big user of Twitter. That is his social media of choice. He has. His only experience of Marvel is through the MCU, including the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, and then the first Netflix ones, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that is his experience of Marvel. He enjoyed Captain Marvel just as much or more than I did. Mm -hmm. And I am the big Captain Marvel fan. So to put it into perspective... It is a good, enjoyable movie. Go throw your money at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just got some so that awkward we can get moments. More, That's it. Uh, the primary reason to go throw your money at it is so that we can get more female-led films. Yes. Because the box office is how the corporate entities vote with decide your wallet. what movies are successful or not. Yeah. Vote with your wallet. Okay. Yep. With that, uh, I guess this is this is where we're ending. This is where we're gonna end. We're gonna end it right here. We're ending it right now. Go watch that movie. And yeah, that's that. Mm -hmm. This has been Rangers in Space, flying oh. through space as we do, doing the stuff that we do, just like Captain Marvel flew through space with her mohawk helmet hair. I have to admit that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of like, yeah. I thought it looked on that, the poster. It's like Kelly that actually did work. Kelly's okay. Iconic. Yeah, a thing. Yeah, that 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 that's what I wanted to hate. It's just like, God damn it, they, they made that look good. Yeah, damn yeah. it. Just like yeah, we look made, good. They made binary form look good. So, <laughs> just like we look good on iTunes and Google Play Music. Google Play, yeah, Google Play, Google Music. Play Music podcast. Oh. 
Yes. Oh, God, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, and Stitcher. Stitcher. And Stitcher. Well, if you're listening to this, you already know that we're on Stitcher, Google Play Music. Yes, but I have got and, big and news, everybody, because I Did almost forgot to, to bring this up. We get Did on we Spotify? April 1st, we are on Spotify. I really? Sure that's not just a fool's... No, no, no. <laughs> like, I've already uploaded information to it. I just decided that was going to be our arbitrary launch date. That's Shit. such a... Yeah, let's do it. Okay. okay. Awesome. We're a joke. Yeah, so yeah, because nobody's going to believe it actually went up on April 1st, and then they're going to be like, oh, shit. Wait, it's still there. Yeah. It's up on April 1st. What the <laughs> fuck? So, yeah. <laughs> if you uh, listen to it on one of those spots, you want to listen to us on another spot like Spotify or such, and where you are more convenient to find your stuff, go there. If not, continue listening to us to where we are right now, because I don't know yeah, how you got It's working for way. you now. Yeah. Or else you're somehow listening to us some other way, which is very strange, and I don't know how you did it. But congratulations! I'm I'm impressed. Let I'm us impressed. know. So with that, we're curious. We're blasting off again to go uh, fight the Kree and all Rocket? the other planets. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, it doesn't even fit any of the metaphors we use today. So you, you just said we're thing. blasting off again. Yes, because rocket ships blast off. Sure, that is a quote line for that. Thank you very if much. You Goodbye, that, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You just have to ruin everything and get there. <laughs> and that's how you fade out. <laughs>